I'm going to invite Pastor Lance up here. Um, I'd say it was a couple months ago we had a Sunday school class where Lance and Miranda were able to share a little bit of what was going on in their heart and in the direction of Rockwell City and um, to plant a church over there. God has pressed that upon them. And uh, we've been asking for prayers uh, from you guys just as this continues to develop. Uh, how the Lord leads them, how the Lord leads us as a church, and I'm kind of piecing things together. And so we thought it'd be good to give a little bit of an update here before Pastor Lance brings the word, and so that you guys have an idea of just some of the development of this church and uh, what's all going on. And so we just wrote down a few things we wanted to update you on that have basically taken place since that Sunday school class when we gave that update. The church has a name, yes, and it's a live Community Church, and I'm going to have Lance just share with you the heartbeat of why that name came forward for them. So, Lance, guide us yeah. on Alive. Yeah, so Alive Community Church is something that God just continued to reveal to me, like, alive, alive. Are you truly alive in Christ? What does it mean to be alive? And actually, today, our passage is going to focus on that a little bit. But Alive Community Church, part of what God kind of just spoke, I feel, is that we want people to be alive in their faith with Christ. Not just walking around, but just to fully be alive, but also to then come alive in the community, serve the community, preach the gospel in the community, guide people to become alive in Christ, and then alive in the world, taking the gospel out. You know, Scripture is very clear about that. Go out among all the nations and proclaim the gospel. So that's the story behind Alive Community Church, and that's kind of what we believe, and that's what we're going to do, is we're going to help people to come alive in Christ to then reach the community and then the world. Awesome stuff. So as you develop the name, you've also been working fairly closely with Charles, who's helped you out in getting the articles of incorporation um, that are necessary, as well as um, putting together your bylaws, um, which he basically uh, has the bylaws from faith and worked those out, what will fit the needs over there. So the articles are acquired your EIN numbers in progress and all of that stuff and uh, the bank account and all that stuff that's going to be necessary to run a church is in progress. Yes. But the name is set, the articles are set, and uh, the bylaws are set as well. And um, However, one interesting thing about this is there's a connection that you have. Uh, basically, you growing up in the Wesleyan denomination and times that you and I have talked as you're seeking education through the Wesleyan denomination, you'd like to be licensed and ordained through them at some point. And they have a Minnesota and Iowa district, and the district superintendent lives in Waterloo and has been working with Pastor Lance, and they even have a church multiplication arm from this denomination. And so the main guy that runs the church multiplication and church planting is out of Des Moines. So he's got a couple of these guys that are within a two-hour drive and um, they're actually going to be jumping in here to help equip Lance and Miranda uh, plant this church. And so uh, we're just commending them on that and saying, go be with the Wesleyan denomination. So there's some things that come with that. Obviously, uh, the coaching, uh, the, uh, the accountability that comes with the denomination there's a training that they're actually sending you to in July. You want to kind of guide us on the training that they are sending you to? Yeah, yeah. So the Wesleyan denomination provides, like I said, coaching. They provide 
actually accountability too. So if I start going off left or right or, you know, going off away from the scriptures, we'll actually come in and be like, hey, listen, you knucklehead. Get back to the word. So for us, that was a huge key. But also they, in meeting with them, um, they were very open to be like, hey, we want to invest in you, not only as a pastor, but as a person, but not only as that, but also in your marriage. So they're actually paying for us to go to South Dakota to do a training of which will, which will help us to gain um, more traction, more tools in our tool belt, but also that will strengthen our marriage. Like they're so serious about this that they have a marriage counselor coming in to like sit with us and talk with us. And at first I was like, well, what are you going to push us on? Because a marriage counselor, man, I don't know if I like that, but it's going to be fun. So yes, they're, they're going to pay for us to go do that. And we're excited about that because for me growing up in the Wesleyan denomination, I know a lot of people in the Wesleyan denomination. And for me, it's like a coming home um, in some aspects because I believe in what they believe. I trust them. And they have so many resources that I feel are going to benefit us, not only as pastors, but also our lead team and the church down the road to help the church grow, to help us grow. And we're looking forward to it. So, yeah. Well, so with that in mind, uh, pursuing the Wesleyan denomination, um, this is a trusted denomination. First and foremost, they hold highly the word of God being inspired, infallible, and inerrant. And from that flows the rest of their beliefs. And so I think it's crucial for us to understand this is a denomination that can be trusted and we can celebrate that. And so the other thing to note is as he's doing this training with Miranda, um, this is going to be some things that happen over the summer. And um, today is his last day here at Faith, but uh, the Joint Council has unanimously decided that we actually want to pay his salary through the summer so that they can get the training that they need and then be able to work with the denomination and get things set up there. And so just so you know, that is what was decided by our joint council. And um, also just to note to you guys as a congregation, there's going to be startup costs involved in a church plant. And if you would like to be a blessing to a live community church, there's a couple ways you can do that. Right now, they don't necessarily have that bank account set up and all the giving set up for that and so we're going to provide that for them as a church here at faith and so if you would want to bless that ministry all you need to do is just in a check momo just put a live community church or on an envelope a live community church you can put that in the tithe and the offering uh, container and we'll make sure that gets to them and we're also going to be setting up here in, in a few days on our online uh, portal, you can actually hit a drop-down box and click on a live community church, and we'll see that those funds um, get to a live community church so that they can take care of some of those initial startup costs. And so those are just some ways that uh, we wanted to make you aware as a joint council. Now, the denomination is going to be meeting with our elders this summer. Um, to be able to talk through how they're going to get involved financially. Um, Lance mentioned that there's ways they get involved with his salary. There's ways that they get involved with uh, initial startup costs as well as they approach that. And so to let the congregation know, when's the first service for a live community church? I know that's yes. a question you've yeah. been getting a lot. So can you guide us on that as well? Yeah, so the actual first service, service, um, we're hoping to have it be... You know, September, October, but 
Until then, we are meeting with our lead team, our core team, the people that are going to come with us and help build this next week Sunday, actually, in our basement. Um, so we're going to meet together, pray, do some worship, and we'll have a word. And we're going to just be together like the early church, doing life together, spending time together, strengthening each other, and just walking along this and what God's called us to do, and just seeking that direction. So, short answer, next week. But long answer, we're hoping to have a building. My goal is to have a building by September, October to actually launch a first service corporately to where it's like, let's go. Um, so this summer, for us, it's huge because we're going to be doing a lot of one-on-one talking with people, a lot of relationship building. So when we are launching this, this building, when we're launching to our first service, we're going. And hopefully we have people with us. So. Well, thank you, Lance. Just a note to you guys as a congregation, as somebody that works with Lance, I've just been incredibly impressed by how these things are coming together and the just energy and the passion that you have in this and Miranda as well. I mean, this is a big change for you guys. You're all moved in in Rockwell. How's the new house going over there? It's great. Great stuff. There's already battles over the thermostat. Okay. Everything's normal. Can anybody relate to the thermostat battles in here? No, okay, like one person. They must all have it figured out. Talk to them afterwards on that. So, um, folks, I'm going to pray with Pastor Lance here before we get into the Word together. And then following his message, we're going to have a special time of commissioning his family as they get ready for this new chapter. Um, But would you please bow your heads with me as we pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this servant in your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you for his family. And Father, as he prepares now to bring this word to us, what you've placed upon his heart to share, I ask, Father, for an incredible anointing today. And Lord, that you would move upon his lips and you would move upon our hearts to receive what it is that you've pressed upon him to share. Father, have your way in this place. Lord, we thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you welcome, one more time, Pastor Lance to the pulpit. All right, so the goal is to get through this without crying, so if I start crying, we'll be okay. Um, Just go with me, and we'll be okay. So, like Russell did say, obviously today is my last day on staff here at Faith Community Church, so I can take the liberty to do whatever I want. So, with that being said, we have a video of all of Russell's funny pictures, and I'm kidding, we're not going to do that today. But hey, I do want to say thank you guys. It's been fun to be on staff here. You guys have all been a blessing to, to me and my family, and I appreciate you guys praying for us. And man, to look back and to think that actually about three years ago now, we were making trips out here to get to know faith, to interview with faith, and I think it was almost three years on the dot when Russell called, and I was in my garage, and that was a fun interview. But with the challenges that we have faced, obviously in ministry, there have been so many rewards. Challenges of students who may have walked away or who may not have wanted to to come to know us, but man, the rewards that we have seen is watching students get baptized. That, for us, has always been fun. Seeing kids come to Christ. This past year, we were able to see, you know, many of middle school students come to Christ at Humboldt. 
And it's been a blast. My family, we've enjoyed fate. And man, as, as we go forth, I want to I talk today more of a reflective message, and I know that's kind of my MO, as I like to look at myself and say, what do I need to remember and to do? So today is not going to be a rah-rah-hooray message. Today is going to be more of a let's look at ourselves and take a, a close look at who we really are. And you see, this week as I was preparing, I was reminded, and I, I warned the tech guys about this, I was reminded of a basketball. And I'm not a basketball guy. I enjoy basketball, but oftentimes around the playground, you have a ball, much like this one, to where it has the shape of a basketball, right? You can play with it, but when you go dribble it, it's flat. And man, I don't know about you guys, but I always hated that. When you grab the ball out of the laundry basket, and you're like, let's go play ball, and then you're like, oh, well, that has no air in it. And you can't kick it, you can't bounce it. Like I said, it has the shape of it, but it's just awkward. I mean, I guess you could throw it, right? He can catch it. Oh, I'm proud of you. He's a Bears fan, so I wasn't sure if he can catch a ball. Um, they should sign you. Pretty good throw, too, Trubisky. Proud of you. But you see, the ball, it doesn't have a lot of life in it. When you bounce it, the, the springs in it and the air are supposed to bounce back up with the rubber. And I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how basketball works, but I'll tell you this. There's no real life in it, okay? It's pretty flat. It doesn't move. With that being said, I'm going to just put this up here, and we'll come back to it in a little bit. Flip with me to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 is a story about bones and about life. And for me, as I was preparing, and actually how God works is about two or three weeks ago when Russ was preaching, he was in Ezekiel 36 for a short stint. And in that, it was interesting because my eyes wandered over to the Valley of Dry Bones, and I was like, ooh, I love this story. So I started reading, because I like to hear Russell talk, but I also like to read, I guess. No offense, Russell. But I was reading, and all of a sudden it was like, here's your sermon for a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, God. So I frantically started writing it down on the back of a bulletin, and my wife was looking at me like, what are you doing? Just let it be. But this story is about something that doesn't have its full potential. Now this passage is well known around the church. Many people have preached on it, many people have looked at it, and today I want to help us understand it a little bit more, but more importantly to apply it to our lives. Now this vision that Ezekiel has, it, it dates back to a period of Israel's history known as the Babylonian exile. During this time, a young man named Ezekiel was called to be a prophet in Babylon. This is important since he was one that was kicked out in the exile. So he was kicked out and he's coming back as a prophet. It was a time not only when they were kicked out, but that they often lost their identity. They lost their temple. And some have felt that God had left them. So when this vision is happening, you can kind of grab the what it means for them. If we look at verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into 
brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you, you only know. So we see Ezekiel, he's having a vision, or he's in a dream, and we see this in that God, God led him to a valley of dry bones. Now, in ancient Israel, the people who were disgraced, people who did stuff that the culture didn't like, were actually not given a proper burial. They were just thrown aside, and they were there after they were died. After they died, that's where they laid. So this place, we can imagine, is people who are disgraced, who culture has maybe cast off, and who they've done something in their past. And that's what these bones are. And I think that's important because we all have a past. Some of us, most of us, I imagine, aren't proud of our past. We all have mistakes, and we all have things that we've done that may have led us to this past. Now when God asked him, can these bones live? His response is, God, you only know. For me, that was a great reminder that God is the only one that knows the plans he has. See, Ezekiel had no plan for the bones. He didn't think that they could live, and he didn't even think that God could do anything with them. You know, like, God, you know if they can live. And I imagine the doubt was kind of like, I don't know. Can they live? He points out they were very dry, which means they were dead for a long time. I also think it's important to point out that their bones, they were once alive, but they are now dead. Hold on to that. We'll touch back on that in a minute. Verses 4 through 8 said, Say, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there, were a, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them. Skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. You see, church, I think this is important because when we listen to the Word of God, and we listen to the Word of the Lord, it is then that we see ourselves getting strengthened. Like this passage, muscles and tendons and flesh came on the bones. When our faith and when we listen and we look at the word of God, that's when God starts to strengthen us up. Our muscles start to build. Or we start to flex our muscles. Now, earlier we were talk, I was talking with someone about an illustration I did, and I joke like, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm not strong enough, but like when you flex your muscles, right? Your muscles get stronger, okay? When you work out, they get stronger. 
And strength is something that I enjoy. I'm not very strong anymore, but I love strength. And to be able to take a basketball, and Kenzie, you might want to cover your ears. I'm kidding, I'm not going to pop it. But that would be funny, wouldn't it, though? It would be impressive. But the strength that God gives us is the strength to move mountains, is the strength to be able to take stuff and mold it into what he calls it to be. Now, church, this passage is talking about how this was given bones and muscles, but how it had no life in it. Verse 5 says that he wants him to come back to life with breath or with spirit in him. So here we have standing in front of us human bodies with no breath. The shape in the form of the ball has light to no air in it. Now if I were to take that ball and blow in it, my grandpa always told me I was full of hot air, so we're going to see it. You ready for this, Russell? All right. I'm going to have to go backstage, though. I have my needle back there, so we're going to blow in this ball. We're going to pump it up. You ready? <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. So we have a ball now full of air, right? You can spin it. You can dribble it. You can shoot it. You can pass it. If you're a street baller, you can bounce it off someone's head. If you have big hands, you can palm it. I cannot. But we have a ball that's full of air. It has breath. It has something that we need. It's not until you put air in a ball that it comes to life. Likewise, it's not until you have breath in the body until the body comes to life. As I was studying this week, God reminded me about Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Church, the breath that's talking about is spirit. Then God breathed his spirit into the body, and it became a living being. I want you to think about this question as we continue on. Do you have the living breath of God truly in you, and are you truly a living being like God has called you to be? See, the breath of God is so important because we know, we know that the breath of God has the, has the power to move things. That just at the, when Jesus spoke, his breath and his words healed people. The breath of God is so powerful and so impactful. If we go on in the chapter, Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come, breathe from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And then they came to life, and they stood upon their feet. And it was a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people... I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Remember, they're exiled, so they're waiting for their land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I've done it, declares the Lord. So the breath of life breathes into these bones. And they come alive like a vast army. What a great image for us today because we are that army. We are God's army. We are fully equipped when we have the breath of God or the Spirit in us. It is only through that that we can fight the battles. Today, on Memorial Day, we're remembering the people who we have lost in battle. In church, there are people in the spiritual realm that we have lost to the battle of the enemy because they didn't have Christ. They didn't have the true everlasting life. They didn't have the spirit or the breath living in them. Once the breath was in in them, they were able to stand and fight. What it means for us today is I think that that means some of us in this world, in this area, are like those dry bones. They were once alive and they once had life in them. When they were born, they may have life in them. They may have gave their life to Christ at an early age but fallen away in college. Or they may have given their life to Christ through VBS and now they're in high school and they've fallen away. They once were alive, but now they're dead. You see, those bones, while they had no life or no, nothing in them, they could still be, they were still a human or a person. Church, are you like those bones to where you're just kind of going throughout life? with no purpose, no mission, no vision. You're just going to work, coming home. You're going to the grocery store, coming home. You're picking your kids up from sports, coming home. And you're not really living for Christ and everything that he's given you. You see, in order for a basketball to fulfill its full potential, it has to have air in it. And it has to have someone that knows how to play. But the basketball's potential is this to be able to be shot, to be able to be dribbled, to be able to be passed, to be full of air and be able to bounce. Church, are you living up to your full potential with the Spirit of God in you? Or are you like the dry bones who doesn't have much life in them? I think oftentimes we we sit back and we look at ourselves and say, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm good. I have God in me, I believed in Him years ago. 
but are you living it now? When God prompts you, when he taps you on the shoulder to pray for someone or just to check in on someone, are you truly living it? How God works is last night I was scrolling through my social media and on Instagram I have an old friend from elementary school who she lost her mom about two months ago. And in reading this story that she posted, she was helping someone, she's a salesman, a car salesman, and she could tell this lady had something going on. She said, what's going on? She goes, well, I just lost my mom. And in the moment, she knew what God was calling her to do. The next day, she didn't go to work because she was struggling. The following day, she went into work and was struggling still, but this lady came in and said, man, I'm really struggling because my mom is on her deathbed. And it was in that moment, once again, God told her, just speak to her, be there for her. See, church, when you live to your full potential and you follow in God's plan for you, moments like that happen. People come to know Christ. I look around, look around this area of northwest Iowa and I see a lot of people who may go to church, but they're not truly living as they are the church. I'm going to say that again. They're going to church, they're not living as they are the church. Church, it's not about the building. You are the church. We all have a podium. We all have a pulpit. No matter where we live, where we work, we all have opportunities. As we go into Rockwell City, it's not just us going, but we have a team going with us. And for us, we want people to truly see Christ. We want people to truly come alive in Christ. To not just walk throughout life wondering, is there more? Or is this all I have? I think we can all attest to when we walk with Christ, our life looks vastly different than when we didn't. We want people to come to know Christ and become truly alive, no longer like those dry bones, but like that vast army, ready to take the hill, ready to move with the power that God's given them, to be used by Him, and to actually be living for Christ. Church, are you fully living for Christ? Are you doing this half in, half out? You're half in the deep end, half in the shallow end, because the shallow end is safer. But there's no depth in the shallow end. You can stand in the shallow end with your faith. You can stand there and say, I'm good. Look, I'm in, I'm in the, the one foot of water. I'm in God. But there's no depth there. You can't go fishing in that one foot of water. There's not many fishes swimming around in there. Yes, that's a grammatical term, fishes. For you English teachers. But it's not until you get into the deep water. The deep water where you can't see the bottom, where you don't know what's underneath there, but you have to have faith and trust that the life jacket that you're wearing is holding you up. Or you have to have faith and trust in the ability to swim. See, church, that's the same with our faith. When we dive into the deep end and we take that leap and say, all right, God, I'm trusting you. Take me, hold me, shape me, guide me. 
Are the waves going to hit against us and move us? Yeah. Is a current possibly going to swipe us? Yeah. But when you have that life jacket on, that is Christ. When you have that breath of the Holy Spirit in you, you'll see that you'll be okay. God will lead you where he wants you to go. So church, are you in the deep end? Are you in the shallow end? Are you like the ball? Are you used for your full potential? Or are you like the bones who may be able to stand, but there's no actual life in them? Rockwell City and areas around here have a strong foundation of faith. They know what they got to do. They know what you have to say to get the pastor or a church member to kind of get off your back. They may have grown up in church, but now they're not. They know the foundation, but there's no life. For this church here in Palmer, Iowa, my prayer as I leave is that one day, now will this be my last message? I never know if I'm going to get invited back. But if I ever do that, I see these pews full of people. And that not only is Russell and the elders saying, we need to go to more services or we need to build on, but that you as a church are like, we're only getting started. Are you as a church living up to your full potential, loving people well, greeting people, reaching people? Or are you satisfied with the rich history that this church has? That's a hard question to answer, and that may sting, and for that I am a little bit sorry. But church, I want Northwest Iowa to be known, to be known for what God is doing. You can throw a stone in Pocahontas and Manson and Humble, and you can hit a church. But will you hit a church that has life and breath in it? This church has breath and life in it. So let's lead out of that. Let's remind people what it means to be saved. Let's remind people what it means to fully live for Christ. I believe that God wants to raise people up. That God wants to bring people into this church that you may have never thought would ever walk into a church. I know we have someone here that many people sought after through softball. And that now he's in this church living for Christ. I think there's people out there that God wants to win, that he wants you to help win them over. So will you be used by him? I believe that we need to have that breath of Christ come into us and fill us again. That we need to allow for him to lead us again and for us to live again. And church... For some of us in this room, maybe we're at that point in our lives. You've heard me talking about this breath of God. Do you truly have it? Are you living up to your full potential? 
And church, I ask you, are you, do you have that breath in you? And are you operating out of it? Can I be real here? Sometimes I go through dry spells. Sometimes I'm like that flat ball to where I feel like there's no life in me, to where I feel like, God, I just need something to keep me going. There have been days to where I sit and I just say, God, I can't do it anymore. I'm dried up. I've tried reading your word. I've tried understanding it. It's just, it's not happening right now, God. And I can't help but think that there's people in this room right now that are much like me in that area. To where there are times to where you just struggle. And you ask God, where are you? I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I know I'm saved, but I don't feel it. Church, today I hope and I pray that there's someone in this room that that's walking with me in this. Church, I ask you if you're alive in Christ. And I want to ask you to where if you want that breath to fully come into you again, if you want that breath to come into you the first time, if you need God to breathe that breath into you, I ask you to just to stand up right now. To stand up. There's nothing to be ashamed of. No reason to be shy. God has the power to raise us. Thank you. He wants to put that breath back into us. He wants us to become fully alive. The breath to where we fully operate out of Christ is the power that we need to live with. Russ talked about being baptized in the Spirit. Are you operating fully in that Spirit that God has given you? Because it's in those operations that you see God's full potential for your life. Now church, as you see people standing, this for some of us may be weird, for others of us it's normal. But I ask you, if you're standing around someone right now, that, or if you're seated around someone that's standing, Will you just put your hand on them as we pray for them real quick? And as we pray for them, church, will you join me? Will you join me in what God is doing through and in people today? Let's pray. Father, we come knowing that only you can give us your spirit. Well, as you breathe into Adam... On that very first day, Lord, we pray that you breathe into people today. That, Lord, as you made man and you gave him breath and life, that, Lord, you give us life today. Father, we want to see people come alive in you. We don't want to be like those dry bones, but, Lord, we want to be full of you, operating like a vast army, ready to fight the enemy and what he has. And, Lord, that only comes through your spirit. Lord, the people that are standing right now, Give them your spirit. Fill them up with your spirit to operate to their full potential. Direct their steps, guide their steps, help them to see you each and every day. And Lord, as the dry spells come, let them be reminded of the land that is milk and honey. The blessings that you have poured out and how you're at work. So Lord, fill these people, fill us up. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
No, I'm not done yet, Russell, so don't get too excited. I told Russell, since it's my last time, I can preach for like an hour, so I'm taking every advantage. But church, I want to end this way. I want to end my time here at Faith Community Church with a passage from Colossians 4. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and 6 says, Devote yourself to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. And pray for us too. That God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards others. Make the most of every every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everybody. Church, pray for us as we pray for you. May the word of God always be clearly proclaimed for everybody to hear in both these churches. May the Lord continue to bless and to lead Faith Community Church. And may we see from afar the blessings that he has poured out upon this place. May we always, as a capital C church, be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that the gospel is always preserved and so that everybody may know the love of Christ. Thank you guys for the time that we have been able to spend here. Know that we love you and we're going to miss you. I'm praying for you as you're praying for us. God has wonderful things in store in this church. Hold true to the gospel. Strive and lean into Christ and what he has called you to be and who he's called you to be. Don't ever think for a second that you're not good enough. Don't ever think for a second that you cannot do what he's calling you to do. Draw near to him, and may you feel his breath be in you in every life circumstances. And Russell, it's been fun. I'm going to stop there, so. I want to thank you guys for the last three years. It has been fun. Students, I'm going to miss whipping you in nine square. I have not thrown dodgeballs at you, so you're welcome. But know this, that you guys all hold a special place in our hearts. We're going to miss you, but we know it's not goodbye. It's a see you later. We'll see you around. Don't be a stranger. Feel free to stop by anytime. We always will, well I can't say we always will, but we usually have some pretty good snacks in our house. 
So thank you guys for everything you've done for us, for praying for us, for walking with us. With that being said, I want to close with some prayer and then Russell, it's all you, my friend. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for how you are at work. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless and to guide Russell as he shepherds and leads this congregation. Lord, I pray that this church continues to see the breath of life fill this area. Lord, give them favor. Give them favor in every area around here, Lord, when they put their hands and their hearts to it. Lord, let them see you and everything they do. And Lord, let them see people come to know you through the ministries here at Faith. Well, I thank you for Faith Community Church and how you have put them here in Palmer, Iowa, in the middle of a cornfield to reach the vast numbers. Lord, may these workers continue to work and may they bring in more workers for your kingdom. Well, I thank you for how you give us your spirit. I thank you for how your word never returns void. So be with us today and every day going forth. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lance. And um, we're going to move into a time now, a very special time here as a church family, uh, for some commissioning here of this family. And so uh, if we go a little bit long, it's because Lance preached too long. (laughs) But we're going to take our time because this is a very special moment in the life of this congregation and the life of their ministry. And so to start, I'm going to ask uh, for a couple individuals that I know that are close to you guys and your ministry to come forward and just share a little bit. And so, uh, Jill Patterson, come on up, and uh, Mike Ayers, come on up. Jill Patterson has helped serve in the youth ministry, uh, and you went on one of the very first trips (laughs) with us to uh, the Ark Encounter in Cincinnati and doing ministry there. That's when you first got to know Lance, and then you jumped on board with the youth ministry, and then Mike Ayers, one of our elders here, is also a part of the youth ministry team, and they're going to just share a little bit here, starting with Jill. Here you go. Okay. Miranda, you are one person whom um, your, repre- your reputation preceded you. The first time that I heard about the youth pastor's wife, um, you had just come and visited, and a member of the search committee said, you know, the youth pastor was fine, but that youth pastor's wife, she was incredible. (laughs) And so here on the last, last Sunday, I think we should recognize that Miranda got you this position, and you should thank her. So Lance's first two weeks here, um, Miranda was still in Michigan, and the first week was vacation Bible school, and I was a coordinator that year, and then immediately following vacation Bible school, Russ and Lance um, took a group of youth to Kentucky to the Ark, and I went along as a chaperone, um, also known as I just wanted to go see the Ark. (laughs) And so... 
If you've never taken a van full of high school kids across state lines in a van with no working air in the heat of August, it makes for really quick bonding. <laughs> and so um, while we're on that trip, both Russ and Lance said, hey, we think you'd be a really good fit for youth ministry, and we also think that you'd be a good friend for Miranda. And so, Miranda, I don't know if you remember our first meeting like this, but it went something like this. Hi, I'm Jill, and I think we should be best friends. And it was so. Because God knows that there is no better friend for the sister, middle sister of three sisters, than another middle sister of three sisters, because us middle sisters need to stick together. We get it. We get it. 20, about 25 years ago or more, and you're thinking, Jill, you're so young. How do you remember 25 years ago? But um, back in, when we were in the old sanctuary, there was a boy here, and his name was Rodney, and his family did not bring him to church. Um, another family brought him to church, him and his sister. And one Sunday, he stood up and sang a solo, and every single note was off key and he cried through all of it but i remember it so well because i have not seen a bearing of the soul like like what he did to thank that family for bringing him and the song that he sang it started like this i dreamed i went to heaven and you were there with me we walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea we heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came, and said, friend, you may not know me now. And then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Miranda, there are so many kids who could write this of you, not only here, but also in Grand Rapids, and these two boys who are sitting right next to you. Miranda, God has gifted you with an incredible gift of hospitality. Hospitality is defined as the friendly and gener generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. Miranda, the best hostesses make their guests feel at home. They have a sense of peace and safety and refreshing. And there is a reason that me and the girls call you mom and it has nothing to do with your incredible organization skills. It's because at home and mom go hand in hand with each other. And you bear God's image and that everyone around you feels at home and they feel at rest and peace and refreshed when they are around you. I wasn't around when Joe and Jackson came into your home as strangers, but my guess is in your presence, they did not feel like strangers. A few weeks ago, you shared that when Lance told you he had 
um, that he was being called to Rockwell City, that you had a dream about Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was called to go, and she was given the promise that she would be the mother of a multitude. Miranda, there is a multitude waiting for you and your motherly touch. And though um, you may not share blood with all your children, you share their heartbeat. And so although your presence may be leaving us, your heartbeat remains. The song that was saying so many years ago, it ends like this. One by one they came as far as the eyes could see, each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on earth and heaven now proclaimed. And I know that up in heaven you're not supposed to cry, but I am almost sure that there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord, he said, child, look around you, for great is your reward. Miranda, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you gave. I got to follow that up. <laughs> uh, in early 2020, Lance approached me about joining his youth ministry as a small group leader, and it's been an honor and a privilege to serve alongside Lance and Miranda. Throughout the past year, I've seen how much you care about the spiritual growth of the young men and women here at Faith. I could also see the passion you have for sharing God's word and the understanding you have of his word as you teach his students, your, your students. As time goes by and you see how these students grow and become leaders in their schools, in their communities, and in their churches, just remember that you were part of shaping them into the men and women they will become. I've seen the love you have for each and every one of them. And Wednesday night, at our last Ignite with you, when the students all gathered around you and Miranda and prayed over you, I could see how the students have a connection with you and respect for you. And this uh, kind of goes with what your message was today. But one of the, one of the messages that, that Lance stuck out stuck out to me was uh, about how we all have physical strength, but we also need spiritual strength. And in doing that, he brought a frying pan that he bent, that he had folded in half, and he was showing how strong he was and everything, and that just really impressed me. So I got to thinking, how often does he do this? <laughs> you know, and... Uh, so Lori and I got to thinking, and we thought, well, we need to get Miranda yeah. going away from it. So, <clears throat> so we got you a cast iron skillet. <laughs> we thought, there's no way he's going to bend this one. So, 
We know at least you'll have one. <laughs> okay. I have also been serving with, on the elder board with Lance, and I've been able to see how he handles leadership, discernment, and the values that have been instilled in him. As you move into this next mission in your life, I just want to say thank you, Lance and Miranda, for what you've done here at Faith. God brought you here from Michigan for a reason, and I admire how you have the courage to pick up and follow where you feel God is leading you. And when I heard Miranda share with what God had put on her heart to follow and support her husband wherever he went, even when it seemed impossible and hard. Wow. <laughs> I believe in you both. And together, I feel you will have a very powerful ministry at a live community church. You shared with us that you will be searching for the lost and going after those who are unchurched. In Romans 10, 14, and 15, it says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Lance and Miranda, because you believe in him and trust in him with your whole heart, you are being sent to go out and share the gospel to those who haven't heard it. And along the way, you know you will have bumps in the road. So we will be praying that you have patience and strength to get over them. I've already heard testimony of how God is making connections for you. We will miss you here at Faith. You're a big part of our family. But this is such a great kingdom-building opportunity that I am so excited to see what God has planned for you, Miranda, and Joseph and Jackson. Thank you. Thank you, Jill, and thank you, Mike, for sharing. Um, Lance is highly relational, and uh, he's made a lot of connections here, even in our greater community with some of the area pastors, and has built quite a rapport. And so, Lance, uh, I went around this last week and got a word from each of them, and so they have something they want to share with you here. We have a video for you guys. Hey Lance, it's been exciting to get to know you and to serve alongside you in our community. And I'm uh, really happy to see uh, that you're planning this church. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Lord works through you. And we're praying for you. We're pulling for you. And I want you to know that uh, PCOV is excited to partner with a live community church in Rockwell City to continue to advance the gospel. Blessings to you and Miranda and your church leadership. So Lance and Miranda, I just want to say what a privilege it has been over the last year and a half to get to know you guys and just really appreciate your friendship. Um, we've had some really great times of laughter and some really serious talks as well. And you've just really enriched our lives and 
So we're really, really grateful for that. And I just remember we've, we've shared a lot of lunches together and, um, and suppers together. Really enjoyed those times, especially at, at Lost Flores, of course. And so, yeah, we just, uh, we're really excited about this new adventure that you guys are, are taking on. Um, I'm aware it's a really God-sized adventure and you're stepping out in faith. And so that's a huge deal. And uh, I'm aware that God's just really moving here in Northwest Iowa. And I'm just loving the unity that we're experiencing as leaders and as churches. And, you know, you guys moving to Rockwell City and, and planning this church is just a really big part, a significant part of what God's doing. And uh, it's just part of God expanding his territory here in, in this region of the state. So we just, I want you to know our prayers are just with you guys. Um, I just love your passion for Jesus, your passion for the lost. And I know that's going to make a huge impact uh, in Rockville City, in, in the surrounding area there. And so we're just grateful um, for the way you guys are fighting the good fight it's so such an honor to just walk shoulder to shoulder with you guys in in that fight as as God builds His kingdom here. So just blessings uh, on you on your family as you make this transition. Um, I want you to know we're just always available. We look forward to just deepening friendship, deepening relationship uh, as you continue to pursue God in your lives and in Rockwell City. Blessings on you and your family. Good morning and thank you for allowing me to share for a moment with Lance and Miranda, Jackson and Joe and, and the congregation here at Faith Community Church. This is an amazing step of faith that Miranda and Lance are taking in to establish a church in Rockwell City. And I believe you're on the cusp of something that is going to be incredibly exciting, something that you will never forget in all of your life as to what God is going to do in your lives and in that community. I believe he's going to provide you with an amazing, literally an amazing blessing as you walk in obedience to him. <clears throat> the story of Gideon sometimes reads like an action movie. Gideon played the role of perhaps a very unlikely kind of a hero. Nobody expected too much out of him. He was faced with this huge challenge to accomplish something that most people thought were, was just simply impossible. But maybe you feel a little bit like Gideon sometimes, but I want to remind you that Daniel said this, those who know their God will do exploits. And that's a good word for you. I'm also convinced that when you're walking in obedience to God, you are also walking in faith with God and bringing uh, into lives the provisions of God that uh, people are gonna rally behind a great effort here to establish this church in Rockwell City. I love the name of your church, Alive Community Church. Church should be alive. It definitely should be alive. It should never be boring. And I'm totally confident that you'll carry that out at Alive Community Church. It's gonna live up to its name. In my experience, I believe people are hungry for life I believe they're hungry for hope. I believe they're hungry for what God can do in their lives and what that's going to look like. And Lance, you and Miranda and your family are gonna be able to live that out in the community of Rockwell City. They're gonna be able to see what God can do 
in people's lives. Establishing a new church involves risk. Those of us who are called to the gospel ministry are not called to play it safe and find a comfortable spot. Faith requires that we do take risk. It is like Peter stepping out of the boat and walking on the water. And I realize there are plenty of people that says, well, you know, Peter started to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the waves and the problems that were around him. But keep in mind, both he and Jesus went back to that boat, and I'm not convinced they swam back. I believe they walked back to that boat. You know, friends, much of today's church has become a cruise ship and uh, it's become comfortable. It's looked for ways to make life easy, make people happy and all of these things. These are good things, they're not wrong or anything, but the Church of the New Testament was never a cruise ship. Instead, it was a battleship and it sailed right straight into the culture of the day. It confronted that culture, it confronted the enemy of our souls and it was victorious in that. And it was because God is establishing his church. Furthermore, I don't believe the church is called to be tied up at the dock. It's to be heading out into the, into the, uh, into the high seas. God never promised smooth sailing lands, but I'll tell you this. He did promise us a smooth landing. Finally, I want to offer you a word of counsel and advice. For many years, I journeyed back to Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 38, that has become a benchmark, a guidepost in my life, and it has helped me to stay focused and centered in ministry. Paul is meeting these wonderful Ephesian elders for the very last time, that he would ever see them, and he loved them, he loved the Ephesian church, and this passage speaks to us as a pastor, and what a pastor needs to be doing in a New Testament church. Paul said this, you work in humility, keeping back nothing in the message, repentance toward God and faith in Jesus, there's your message. Paul always told them he shared the whole counsel of God and he wanted to make sure that he took care of himself as you took care of the flock of God. Finally, I want to assure you, Lance, Miranda, Joe, Jackson, I guarantee you this, Joan and I are going to be praying for you and you can count on our support and you can count on not just our prayers, but we want to get behind you financially in every possible way that's going to be available to us. We believe in what you're doing, and we believe God wants you to be successful in doing it. Here's my final word. Build big people. Build their souls big and strong. And if you'll do that, Lance, God will take care of the size of the church. He will grow the church. And you just all you need to do is step back and watch as you grow and build big people. May God bless your family, Lance, Miranda, Joe, Jackson, and give you a wonderful season of ministry as you establish a live community church in Rockwell City. May God richly bless you. I think it's helpful for all of us to see the kind of support that is behind Lance from all these area churches and what they see in them and what they see as the possibilities and the potential in the community of Rockwell City. And uh, in a moment here, we're going to commission them. And um, you know, you started to share a little bit in my direction. He said, that's all I'm gonna say. And I know why. 
we'd be a hot mess, right? And so I'm just going to just say a couple things. First off, if you ever want to hear a solo, um, Lance can sing, folks. Did you know that? Um, not well, but he can <laughs> sing. <laughs> Make a joyful noise, right? That's right. And uh, so I remember going to the Ark Encounter and the, taking the youth ministry to Cincinnati. And uh, Zach Williams had a hot song, Fear is a Liar, if you know that song. And when that would come on, Lance would just grace us with that voice, that Grammy Award winning voice. And I thought, this guy's going to also lead our worship team while he's at Faith. It's weird how that didn't come together. But um, so I think what I'm trying to say is um, Lance is blessed with other qualities that are edifying to the body. And um, Lance, you are so relational, and relationships are huge in ministry. And so continue to build those relationships uh, with the gospel in mind wherever you go. The greatest thing I could say to you is a charge that Paul gave Timothy from 2 Timothy chapter 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. And that word discharge means to release. Release these into your ministry. And that is the charge that Paul gave Timothy and I want to give to you today. Folks, we're going to share a commissioning prayer over the Cottridge family. And so I'd ask Lance and Miranda and the boys if you'd come forward right here in front of the pulpit. And then I'm going to ask anybody on the youth ministry team to come forward and also on the joint council to come forward. We're going to lay hands and pray. And with you as a congregation, I just ask that you'd extend your hand into their direction as we pray over them. So come on up here. And the song I asked to play was a song we played when they first came here. And this has actually been on the radio recently again. It popped up on my phone. But God talks about how to have new wine, you must have the new wineskins. In this new chapter in Rockwell City, we're going to ask for God to do some amazing things and produce that new wine in that community. So would you extend your hand toward them as we pray in the Heavenly Father, we thank you in the for the Cottridge family. You are making new Father, we ask that you would bless this next generation. And Lord, that you would do a mighty work through the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. This is all about you. So I pray, Father, that you would increase as they take this step of faith. That you would increase in their own lives. 
they would experience you in new ways and in new heights. And as they're experiencing that, I pray, Father, that they would also see a great move of the Holy Spirit upon that area. Lord, we desire to see people touched by your Spirit, dry bones being rattled and brought to life by the power of your Spirit. So, Lord, do that. Pave the way as Lance brings forth the Word, as Miranda brings forth ministry and the people she's connected to. Lord, give them divine appointments and relationships in that community that will be to your honor and to your glory. Lord, give them a building. We ask that you provide for them financially. Thank you for the Wesleyan denomination and the connections with them and the history that they have. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless what this looks like in the coming months. Lord, we pray that you would do a powerful, powerful work. All to your honor, Lord, and we thank you for their three years of life in this church to call them from Michigan to Palmer and now move them into a community in our region to the glory of God. Father, bless them and keep them. Guide them, protect them. I pray their marriage would be so strong that even the counselor goes wild. And I pray, Lord, that they would parent with such grace and wisdom that's coming from you. Grow Joe and Jackson in the wisdom and structure of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you'd provide for the things that are on their heart and bless them, Lord. And we thank you now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, can you show them some appreciation here this morning? Okay, you got it.